The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show. Great to have everybody along here. Uh, I always get a little bit nervous when I hit the start button on a Monday because I never know what's going to happen. And even right now, I hear some distortion in this microphone that I shouldn't have. So I'll have to be diagnosing that one as we move forward tonight. But anyway, I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you're ready for a good show. Uh, we have um, a, a first-time guest on tonight. Elizabeth Eagle will be joining us. Elizabeth is a spiritual warrior. We'll be talking about orbs, light beings, and ancient civilizations. She's written some books on those topics, including a book called Orbs and Light Beings, Living Light Illuminated, and also another uh, book called Atlantis Risen, UFOs and Orbs. I'm anxious to see what the the, uh, the connection between UFOs and orbs is. That'll be, uh, that'll be awesome. Um, but Elizabeth will be with us in just a few moments. Looking forward to that. I, uh, again, I mentioned, I hope you had a great weekend. It's turned quite cold here in the Northeast. So we are now, <laughs> I think, officially into the Northeast winter, even though the calendar doesn't say that yet. But that's the way it is up here in upstate New York. What happens is... Winter precedes the calendar by at least six weeks, and it it uh, it follows the the official uh, date of spring by another six weeks. So, what's that work out to be? Twelve weeks of additional winter that the calendar doesn't give us credit for. That's just the way it is. Uh, what'd you do this weekend? Hope you had a, hope you had a good time, um, and you were able to uh, enjoy yourself. I don't know. Do some do some shopping. Does anybody go shopping anymore between the pandemic? And the fact that, honestly, how much easier is it just to point and click on your phone or your computer uh, when you're shopping? I mean, you have to hand it to the online retailers. They've done a tremendous job of making it very, very easy for people. But I do encourage you to do one thing for me. And it's really not for me. It's for you. It's for you and your communities. Support your local retailers as best you can, especially during this COVID situation. Take the time to do what you can to visit their shops or go to their web pages or whatever, however they're selling things, and support them. Those few dollars that you spend that way will go a long way to help them and help your communities. Don't forget, as somebody, I owned radio stations for a lot of years, and it was very important um, for me. I thrived on the health of the local businesses. And when those businesses started to disappear, the radio business changed forever. And, of course, you turn on the radio dial now, it is completely different than it ever was. It's a, it's a shell of its former self. And that's not because people are listening to other things, although they are. It's because the advertising base for local media, whether it's newspaper, I mean, how many newspapers have disappeared, or it's radio, or even local television, those advertising um, bases have disappeared. They've dried up. They've gone out of business because of competition from um, major companies like Amazon. It's just it's the nature of uh, the competition. However, you can do something about it. I mean, we we often complain about the fact. Wow, I just I wish there was a great clo- good clothing store here I could go to, or whatever it happens to be. Yet when it comes time to shop, what do we do? We go online and we click a few buttons, and it shows up here couple days later or wherever you are and uh, if you don't like it you send it back. it is easy and i'm not going to argue that but please take a minute and support your local businesses as best you can it's so important for the communities that you live in all right how is it that i end up on these soapboxes every every show I, and i didn't even plan that it's not like i sat here and thought okay i'm going to talk about uh, supporting local business tonight no i didn't plan that at all it just happened because i was thinking about it But it is something we need to think about. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and search for J.V. Johnson. When you find it, please hit the subscribe button. There's no fee for that. On Twitch, if you are a Twitch subscriber and you used your Amazon Prime account to subscribe, please go to the Twitch channel. Look for it by typing in J.V. Johnson. It's easy to find. Go there and reconnect your subscription. Subscribe again. you got to do that every month for us. That helps sustain that channel as we look um, to do some more weekend programming and other things there. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll start our conversation, and we will uh, get Elizabeth Eagle on the line, and um, we'll talk about orbs. It's beyond reality. Don't go away. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Joha. That's J-O-H-A-W. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, my chat room aptly alerted me to the fact that I forgot to mention that today, December 7th, is the anniversary of the Japanese surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. And I have an interesting story about that that would be very quick here. But my grandfather always used to tell me, and he was a, um, a tech sergeant in the Army Air Corps during World War II. And that's actually, and he actually was stationed in Italy. That's where he met my grandmother, and my mom was born there, and uh, they all came back together on, on one of these uh, ships that brought all sorts of war brides home. It was kind of an interesting story into itself. But my grandfather used to tell me that when he enlisted, he asked to go to Hawaii. He wanted to go to Pearl Harbor, and my great-grandmother, his mother, had a dream. And that dream, she saw disaster in Pearl Harbor. Now, this was a year before Pearl Harbor. So he t- she told my grandfather, who was her son, not to volunteer to go to Pearl Harbor. Do not go to Hawaii. And so he didn't. And it was shortly after that that uh, the Japanese surprise attack on Pearl Harbor uh, occurred. So it's kind of an interesting um, story and a prophetic dream by my great-grandmother, which I find very interesting. Um, our guest tonight might know something along those lines as well, uh, given her work. Elizabeth Eagle is joining us. Elizabeth is an author, a spiritual warrior. Her books include Orbs and Light Beings, Living, Off, or Living Light Illuminated, and Atlantis Risen, UFOs and Orbs. Elizabeth, welcome to Beyond Reality. Great to have you here. Thanks, JV. Glad to be here. I need to know more about how you got into this. How did all of this happen for you? Well, um, I've always been interested in the paranormal, and as a child, I had reoccurring dreams of being up and not being able to get down. And I do believe those were some kind of UFO encounters. But when I was about 20, I went out with my younger brother and uh, was looking for UFOs. And out from the tree line came a basketball-sized glowing orb, ball of light, and it took a 90-degree turn, went down the tree line, and another 90-degree turn, and went down the street. And uh, that was what started it. And then I started picking up uh, orbs and light beings in my photography. At my wedding, there was a Polaroid picture taken, and there's a diamond-shaped angel on my shoulder. So that was another sign. And then um, the orbs just started appearing even more for me when I went to Sedona, Arizona, on a six-month spiritual sabbatical there. And the orbs started showing up, and that's when I noticed this uh, incredible ancient civilization that I took pictures of in the rock formations. And the orbs and light beings tended to show up with these rock formations, so I do think there's a connection there. And then I've had lots of UFO experiences, encounters, sightings, uh, telepathic communications. I was communications coordinator for UFO Institute International for 12 years, so I've heard hundreds of stories, seen lots and lots of pictures. People are sending me their orb pictures or light being pictures, and it's wonderful to know I'm not alone. I find it really interesting that this the genesis of much of this seems to come from UFO experiences young um, in your life. Uh, tell us about that a little bit more. You said you had some paranormal encounters, but then you I think the way you put it is that kind of in retrospect, you realize that they may have been UFO in nature. What happened to you as a child? Well, I lived in Alaska for seven years, and I, I went to 19 different elementary schools, so I was oh, wow. bounced all over <laughs> like a ping pong ball. But I still had these dreams, and it was kind of like a church setting with a graveyard and some things, but I, mm-hmm. everything around me floated up, and I floated up, and I could never get down. And this dream went, you know, I'd never had a recurring dream, but this one I, I remember, and it was often. And so I don't know, it would probably take hypnotic regression for me to figure it out. I just know in my knowing this, that 
it had something to do with the extraterrestrials. And they've communicated with me and shown up in lots of different ways at different times. So I know there's a connection. I don't know if I'm a hybrid. I don't know if they're using me as a messenger because they know I can get it out there. I'm not sure, but all I know is it's never been negative. It's always been positive and uplifting. And I do know things that I don't know how I know them. And I do know they come from another dimension, another source. Do you think that those dreams that you were having as a child were being placed there by the uh, whatever these these UFOs were, these aliens were? Or do you think that you were having like... Um, you know, a subconscious interaction with these beings, and it was just manifesting itself in the dreams. I think they implanted some fake memories so that I wouldn't oh. realize or remember what happened. That's why I think they were recurring and usually the same kind of dream. And it's, I'm, I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, that's that dream again. But looking back, I realized that they can put in false memories, and there is missing time. And... uh you know, I've had missing time. One time I was going to the UFO Watchtower to make a presentation. It's supposed to take me three hours. It took nine. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I really don't. So, you know, I've never had any uh, regression. I, I really would hope that the memories will come to me or that I'll have some where I can consciously remember the whole thing eventually. So you had this, these experiences, these dreams, and then uh, you went out to kind of do some UFO watching, if you will, looking for UFOs, and you had an experience where a basketball-sized orb, I'm assuming it was illuminated, it was a ball of light, right? Shining really, really bright. Shining yeah. really bright. Came out of the woods, took a 90-degree turn. Do you think it was, A, following you, or maybe looking for you, or just trying to let you know it was there? It was letting me know that it was there. I called it in. I wanted to an experience, and it happened, and it floored me. I was like, holy Toledo, what, what more can I uh, invite in? And so since then, I can go back on my security cameras any night, the infrared, and if they're not there, I'll call them in, and their orbs will be zipping around on three or four cameras. So they do communicate with me, and they've... Uh, stepped up that communication by t uh, starting to take shapes of things I'm filming, which I find very interesting. They're saying, hi, here we are. Look what we can do. We can duplicate this flamethrower. We can duplicate these glow-in-the-dark nunchucks and actually do the movements at the same time the guy's doing the nunchucks. And how they do that is beyond me because they must be, like, in sync with him. Uh, it's just been really incredible. So we're going to talk a lot about orbs tonight. We're going to talk about um, light uh, beings. We're going to talk about uh, a bunch of different angles as it comes to this. But are we really talking about some type of alien being when we talk about all of these things, interdimensional beings? What's the thread that pulls them all together? Well, they're all consciousness. And consciousness can take infinite forms. But these light beings and orbs are a creative intelligence that don't have bodies, don't need oxygen to survive, uh, or any kind of atmosphere because they go in and out of volcanoes. Um, they're seen in, at disasters. Um, but these things are very real, and they're in another dimension, and, but they are here to communicate with us, and I do believe they're bringing us a message of hope. So when you see them, or when others might see them, and particularly when you catch them on your cameras, these uh, beings are traveling between dimensions to, be, to become visible to you, to others? Well, I think that digital cameras and infrared photography are picking up more on them mm -hmm. because uh, the infrared can see into another spectrum, of course, and it's kind of like a dog whistle. Humans can't hear a dog whistle because it's on a different frequency. Right. And these orbs and light beings are very similar to that. They're uh, frequency-based, interdimensionally, and frequency-based. And vibrations attract them. Certain vibrations, they will show up more often, like cheerful, joyful, uh, happy celebrations. I was in the Festival of Lights Parade Saturday, and I got amazing orbs showing up in the videos that I took. It was phenomenal. They were there to celebrate. And so not only are they communicating in that way, but they're also conscious of maybe what our 
customs and our activities are? They're aware of what's actually happening in our lives? Oh, yeah. They're really concerned about the activities. It's like when 1947 came and they tested all those atomic bombs. Well, they've been known to uh, get nuclear warheads offline. Mm. The orbs fly around the facilities and these ICBMs go down and then they go back up again. But they can control uh, our destructiveness, and they will prevent us from destroying ourselves with the nuclear holocaust. I have no doubt. Um, Let's talk about you a little bit more. Uh, You are a light worker. Tell me what a light worker is. Because the the only thing, what what comes to mind for me before I started doing this program is somebody who fixed lamps. That's not what what you're doing. That's not what you're doing. (laughs) How many ufologists does it take to screw in a light bulb? (laughs) Uh, Well, I consider myself a light worker because light is information and illumination, and I believe it's my job to help educate people about the unseen world because I'm a messenger, and I have the ability to present photography and create books and make YouTube videos so that the average person can see these things and make their own decisions. But that's all part of education. And so a light worker uh, works for the light, which is, you know, the positive. You also talk about being an earth angel and a spiritual warrior. Put those, warrior. Put those uh, terms into context for us. Well, an earth angel, I believe, is somebody that steps in when somebody's in need and is not expected. I do a lot of charity work. I do some energy healing. And I've just decided, the angels told me, that this is one of my titles, that I am an earth angel. And that might sound kind of pompous, but um, through my life, I have been up and I've been way down. And the angels helped and the light beings helped pull me back up. And so that's why I do believe I'm working for them. Um, used to be an IBM engineer. What a switch. <laughs> yeah, it is a big switch. You just were, used the word angels. You said angels when they, they talked to you. They told you you were an earth angel. Are you using the word angel interchangeable with light being and uh, these orb uh, beings? Light beings um, are like a big um, umbrella. It's like dogs. You got your Great Danes and your Dalmatians and your Chihuahuas, but they're all dogs. Okay, so light beings can take the form of angels, spirits, ghosts, orbs, anything that uh, is seen by light as light in photography. These are all light beings. So orbs are a subset of light beings. They're the most common, the ones people know the most about and are capturing more lately, the round spherical type. It's one thing to have an encounter with one of these beings, one of these orbs, one of these light beings. It's another thing to start communicating and to recognize your role in all of this. When did that happen? Well, it's been happening because in, in increments, things are presented to me and the veil lifts even more. Um, so they started showing up in my photography and then I noticed them like in People magazine with uh, Cameron Diaz or Prince Harry, there'd be our orbs in the pictures. And I'm like, hey, didn't anybody notice this? But I started noticing it. And then what really accelerated it was when I started, uh, I went to the Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio with my son, and this orb shot out of this guy's shoulder, clear as a bell, right in the theater. Whoop! And so I got the DVD when it came out, went home, remembered the scene, found it, filmed it, and that's when it all started as far as what I found in almost everything I watch anymore from World War One, World War Two, um, modern movies. I've got orbs with uh, Samuel Jackson, Kurt Russell, Julia Roberts, um, Dakota Fanning, and, and those are all up on my uh, YouTube channel. Um, I just think it's fascinating because people don't see these. They happen in the blink of an eye. I see them. Then I go and slow them down in my uh, editing program, and I can prove to the people, look, this is here. (laughs) And you're seeing these in films these actors have made? Oh, yes. So it's in the actual film itself. Got one of Matthew McConaughey, and this yellow one goes right in front of his face. And I've also got pictures of that one in my book. So um, 
yeah, it's 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 kind of a um, sometimes a nuisance because I'll be watching something, I'll see an orb, and then I'll have to rewind it and film it. <laughs> why do you think? Why do you think you're so in tune with this? Maybe other people might not catch these, but you do. Well, I think because they know that I will present this to the public. They want to be seen. They know I'm a messenger and that I have the ability to communicate this through films, through books, through pictures, you know, through posts. And uh, it's been fascinating because I was recently on Coast to Coast with George Norrie, mm-hmm. and since then I've had people sending me phenomenal pictures of their experiences. And, and then I just recently found uh, I was contacted by a research organization Consciousness and Contact Research Institute, and um, they've got, let me see here, 20 Ph.D. academics, including two physicists, five medical doctors, and five lay researchers, and they're doing uh, scientific research on consciousness and this kind of encounter with UFOs, orbs, any kind of thing like that. So when something like that falls in my lap, which it just did yesterday, um, it's synchronistic, and it's like the universe is going, yeah, two thumbs up, let's run with it. Okay, but um, what I heard you say just then was that they're aware that you'll recognize that you'll spread the message, you will... Um, you know, share it with other people. But how do they know you're going to go see a Leonardo DiCaprio film? Why would they show up there for you? Or, or, or am I misunderstanding this? They guided me to go, and I was to see that. They showed up so that I would notice. And then, that, then they put the thought in my head, well, if you've missed that, what else have you missed? And so now every time I watch something, I see something, and i got to film it. Um, recently, it's accelerated. It's like I'll be filming uh, the light pole outside, and mm-hmm. then a light being will show up identical to the light on the light pole, but reversed. And then I'll film my cat's eyes, and they'll glow really green, and then two little green orbs will start flying around. And then a plane will come overhead, and those orbs will change into the landing lights of the plane in the same pattern. And then I'll... Uh, film my peace symbol that I made out of a hula hoop that glows on my porch, and a light being that is a reverse peace symbol, looks more like a Mercedes symbol, but flying all around my peace symbol. Um, And then they show up like I go to drum circles and belly dance, but they like that energy, but then the guys are doing nunchucks and and, uh, twirling flame, and the light beings will take the shape of a flame and do exactly what the guy's doing as he's doing it, and same with the nunchucks. So they're starting to show up very definitely communicating. Um, I've never witnessed this before. It started in within the last month. So is the is the message their just their presence when you see them? You obviously are then are aware of their presence, but is there is there something else they're communicating when they are in your presence? Are you getting uh, messages subliminally or telepathically, or is it their mere presence that is the important part? Well, they're like my friends, and they bring me comfort. And every time I see them in pictures, I just, you know, I'm so grateful that they show up. Mm-hmm. Like I went on a caving expedition into caves that the public normally doesn't go in with a caving class. And I took 300 pictures, and all of them had hundreds of orbs, thousands. I couldn't even count them all. So that was fascinating because it had to do with the rock formations, which connects me to the ancient civilization stuff. But I do believe that I get positive um, energy from them, and they come at times of celebration when I'm happy. Like at the parade, I was Jingles a Happy Elf, and they have shown up in previous parades, and this time they showed up again. And so I just find it fascinating. They, They seem to like me, and I like them, and I'm excited about them, and so that's what I like to make documentaries about and books because a lot of people think it's just lens flare dust on the lens and they're entitled to their opinion and um but i just disagree that most of these are intelligent communications um that they're here to let us know that we're never alone and that they have our backs 
I do believe. Well, you've used a, a lot of different terms here. Again, we've talked about orbs, we've talked about angels, we've talked about light beings, UFOs. Are these all divine in some nature, or are they simply extraterrestrial? Well, I don't know that there's a difference, because everything basically is divine, and these light beings and orbs are associated with the UFOs often at mm-hmm. sightings. You'll see the uh, orbs flying around like a cigar-shaped uh, shaped ship, or um, then you can see them coming and going, like I said, from volcanoes, and I think they're trying to, you know, uh, make the eruption not as bad. Or um, I do believe that they are here to help. So if, if, if they're here to help, um, yet not everybody can necessarily, or maybe I'm wrong, can everybody communicate with these beings, just don't know how, or just aren't, aren't, aren't closed off to it? Well, I don't know the answer to that. I wish I did, but I know that if you don't invite them, they won't come. And if you don't take lots and lots of pictures, you'll never get a picture of an orb. So my recommendation is to, you know, take lots of pictures, keep an open mind, invite them to come in, film when you're having fun. Um, They also show up at funerals. So like moths to a flame, they are attracted to uh, intense emotions. The there are a lot of people, particularly those who might consider themselves paranormal investigators, who um, actually don't believe that orbs are much more than dusts or insects. What do you say to people like that? Well, I've had an interesting experience with that. I went to a paranormal investigation to the oldest graveyard here in Colorado Springs, Evergreen, and our most of our investigation was in the chapel in the basement where they had three bunk beds high of these, um, like, beds where they'd keep the dead bodies before they could bury them uh, from, you know, when it gets winter here in Colorado, you can't dig a grave, so they keep all these dead bodies there. Well, they had all their uh, paranormal equipment set up and their infrared cameras in the basement, and the orbs were just going crazy. And I'm like, do you see this? Isn't this awesome? Check out these orbs. Oh, that's nothing. That's dust. And I, <laughs> so, you know, those some of them don't believe in them, period, and right. there's nothing you can do to change their minds, which I don't try to change people's minds. I just present what I have, and they're welcome to form their own opinion. And so when I post things, I get a lot of, oh, that's lens flare. Well, why not? Why can't orbs communicate through lens flare? <laughs> I don't know. I, I And I... And I... I'm assuming that you would also also acknowledge that some things that show up in a in a picture are in fact dust or insects. Not everything is an orb, right? Correct. Correct. But so, I don't get many pictures that aren't. Is real there a way orbs. to determine <laughs> is there a way for the layperson, the person who doesn't have a lot of experience with this to tell the difference when they see something in some a picture they took, how they could differentiate whether this is maybe dust versus something legitimate? Okay, well if it shows movement and there's like this light trail, and the orb is in the middle, that's not dust. Okay. If you see uh, concentric circles around it and some kind of amoebic or sacred geometry patterns in the middle, that's not dust. If they're different colors, that's not dust. Um, so, And they take different shapes, and a lot of times they're multiples. Um, if you, The dust looks... Um, you know what I need to do is go out and shake a couple rugs and take some pictures of just dust. I haven't done that because I have more fun with the orbs. Right. The um, We've had people on the program talking about orbs they've caught on film, and they say when they blow them up, you know, they, they increase the magnification on the picture, they actually see what appear to be like human faces in these orbs. Have you ever had that experience, and can we explain what that, what's going on there? I can't explain it, but yes, I have orb pictures with faces in them, clear as a bell. And so a lot of people believe that these particular orbs are spirits or trying to communicate as a spirit or just trying to be more familiar with humans, just showing up with the human face. So I really don't have the answer. All I know is that I have seen many, many pictures of orbs with faces. Both people have sent me these and others I have taken. So yes, it is a phenomenon. It does occur, but it's rare in my experience. 
Just to remind everybody, we're talking tonight with Elizabeth Eagle. Elizabeth's website is is her name, elizabeth-eagle.com. You can get a lot of information about her work there. Elizabeth, um, you mentioned your YouTube channel a couple times already. Why don't you give that right now, too, before I ask you your next question? Oh, that's easy. Elizabeth Eagle. Oh, very simple. <laughs> um, you you mentioned that the in the frequency with which these light beings, these orbs, these UFOs, even are appearing, is increasing. What's happening? That's that they're showing up more now than they were before. Well, I think the easiest answer to that is people are using their cell phones to take more pictures and to film. Used to be you had to be a photographer and have a camera or, you know, whatever. Uh, They do show up in, like, disposable cameras, underwater cameras, all this other. But the fact that people are taking more pictures and sharing them, I believe, has something to do with why there's more showing up. Because if you don't take a picture, you'll never find one. So what you're saying then is that they've been here. It's just a question of now we're taking pictures more, so we're seeing them more. Exactly, and they've been here a long time. Some of the Renaissance paintings have these, you know, orb-looking things with wings, kind of like cherubs, but definitely uh, some kind of orb. And I guess back then, if something was flying around and you saw it, it was round, you'd probably give it wings. I don't know. But all I know is that they have been, you know, around with us, I think, since the beginning of time. I think they're infinite. I think this is a good time to talk a little bit more about the mechanics of how to capture them and, and once again, how people can recognize what they've captured. Um, are, is there a particular type of camera that works best to get pictures of these legitimate orbs? Um, I'm not sure of a specific camera. I've used all kinds of cameras. Like I said, disposable underwater cameras, Polaroid cameras. Um, I think it's easier to just use a cell phone because they're so handy. Yeah. And, you know, you can set them up. Uh, what, I, what I also like is to view your security cameras because the infrared, they do show up more often on. The infrared does. Um, when you take a picture that you expect to capture orbs in, if you're deliberately trying to do that, do you use a flash or do you not use a flash? It depends. It could be daylight, so I wouldn't use a flash. If I was in a cave and it was totally dark, I use a flash. Um, they they show up with or without a flash. Uh, they show up on all different kinds of cameras, and they are um, they are wanting to be noticed. And I think as people learn about what they are, they'll start seeing them in their pictures. They'll start looking for them and know what they're looking for. I've had a lot of people tell me that I didn't know what an orb was, but then I went back and looked at our family pictures, and sure enough. At Uncle Joe's funeral, there was an orb, and they'll tell me stories. What about um, this idea that infrared tends to pick them up better? Do you know what the science is there, or can we do we have any explanation for that? You know, I don't. Um, all I know is that, like, last election when Trump was elected, I got this amazing orb shower on my cameras, and I, I, that's up on my website, but it, it was just phenomenal. There were... Hundreds and hundreds. It looked like it was snowing, so I went outside and filmed. No, it's no precipitation here. These are orbs, and I think it had to do with the um, elevated consciousness at that time, concentrating on that one event. Do you, when you uh, are deliberately trying to catch some of these on film? By the way, it sounds to me is that you just have to take pictures, and you're going to catch them because of your connection to them. But when you are deliberate in your effort to get them on film, do you ask them to show up? Do they do they listen to you in that way? Well, I invite them often. Sometimes they'll show up, and other times they won't. But my friend, Grace Butler, who helped me publish um, Orbs and Light Beings and has incredible orb photography, I did a little video on the Grace Butler method of filming orbs, and hers is totally different from mine. She sits in one room and has a LED light coming through glass, and she'll take pictures of that, and the orbs that show up are phenomenal. They'll show up looking like um, fans of light and like string theory, and then there'll be ones that look like little octopus, and then there'll be the round orbs, but her colors are so vivid, and the patterns are just amazing. Uh, so she's got a different method, and it works for her, and she's got some of the most phenomenal pictures I've ever seen. 
In looking into this phenomena, researching it, and even communicating with these light beings, have you ever uh, come across a connection between what they're doing here, what they're trying to accomplish here, and uh, nuclear power or nuclear facilities and all? Oh, yeah. They disarm nuclear missiles. They'll be sighted flying around them, and they will go offline. They will just not be working. And I've got, I've got another website. It's called livinglightbeings.com, and on there there are links to those uh, little videos, and there's also a link to a video where orbs create a crop circle right in front of your eyes, swirl around the field, and the crop just goes whoosh. This was uh, in England, and the guy that took it went right to the pub and showed his buddies. He didn't know anything about computer graphics, which weren't very advanced then at the time anyway. And uh, it's the most phenomenal <laughs> uh, little video of a crop circle being made that I've ever seen. That's why I shared it. Oh, wow. And you have that on your YouTube channel? No, this one's on my livinglightbeings.com website. So I've got two websites. Um, livinglightbeings.com is a very simple website with just a whole lot of pictures of the different kinds of light beings and then little video links to some of the ones I wanted to reference and then there's some of the ones that I've made. So it's, it's, it's a real elementary site, but uh, elizabeth-eagle.com has six photo galleries and three video galleries and you can get a free copy of my book on there, a PDF copy, and uh, just a lot of cool interesting stuff. So you've mentioned several times that you actually communicate with these beings, and you get very, very comforted by their presence. You know, and you've said this a couple of times as well, that they have your back, or they collectively have our back. How do they communicate with you? Do you, do you actually get verbal messages, maybe, you know, telepathically at all? Not verbally. I get feelings mm-hmm. of comfort. And there was this one time I had seen a cigar-shaped metallic UFO, And then for the next couple of days, I was in and out of the fifth dimension, and I called the orbs in when I was in my bedroom, and they came in really big and separated, and, you know, it was like not too many of them, but by the end of it, they were as thick as shaving cream. And it's like, well, how many angels will fit on the head of a pin? So these things can be microscopic size and can also be, it's been proven, from the space shuttle Columbia, they can be three to five miles wide at a minimum or bigger. And David Serrata did that analysis on the uh, space shuttle Columbia flight when the tether broke away. So that's pretty interesting. So they can be huge. They could be small. I don't know how big they can be, um, but I do believe they're made of life force energy, and we have that too. And I was just reading... uh, in this information on that uh, Consciousness and Contact Research Institute about uh, this lady that a purple orb entered her shoulder and she felt the energy and it healed something in her body. So I haven't heard a lot about physicality being affected by these things, but more and more I'm hearing people like seeing them without a camera and playing with them. I've heard of people when they were kids orbs would show up and guide them home through the mountains. I've also heard of people holding on to them and being flown around the room. Ooh. Now, a lot of these things I cannot prove, but I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. When you talk about different sizes of these things, does that in, indicate that any one of these, these light beings can assume any size it wants to, or are the different sizes different types of light beings? That's a really good question. How to answer that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe there is no answer. I don't know. Well, I know that there's not a lot of answers to a lot of my questions, and that's why I like this so much because, you know, it's unexplained, and people have theories, and I love their theories. Um, All I know is that they can be very, very small. They can be big. They can take any kind of shape like what they've been doing recently for me. And it's like at my sister's wake at her funeral, uh, she showed up as a big bright light. And that's in my book. And for for sure, it was her. And it was like the last family portrait because my mom and I and my dad were sitting on the couch and my brother's through the window and there she is. And that's the last family portrait. Um, So, you know, 
I know some of them are spirits. And it's a fact that when a body dies, it loses a couple grams. And there have been people that have filmed orbs coming out of people when they die. So if orbs are what we are without our bodies, that's a theory. And if something like Nagasaki or Hiroshima or Pearl Harbor, like you discussed, a lot of people died where their souls go. Well, maybe they turned into orbs. I don't know. It's it's fascinating to think about this, but one of the things that um, we're now talking about as this this conversation is evolving is the spirituality of these light beings coming from human bodies, essentially, and then becoming our essence after physical death. If that's the case, then what is the connection with these light beings in that spiritual sense and things that we call ghosts? Which well, we I don't also, know that we, there's we, a big difference. Yeah, Some we, people have expectations as to what these things might be, and so they tend to show up for these people as they would recognize them. That's kind of like my theory. But like the picture I sent you with George Norrie with the angel, mm-hmm. um, that was an incredible picture, and he was alone on stage, and that angel or light being took human form and was just as bright as it could be. So, you know, there's degrees of how they manifest. And um, I've had some very clear ones, but never in a human form like that one. I get more of the round orbs. Um, Another question that just came through the chat room related more to the UFO component of this. Do you get more activity, whether it's in the from the orbs or maybe even just UFO sightings, in places where there are fewer people, lower populations than you might in, in more congested areas? Is there a connection between those two things? Absolutely, yes. When I go out camping and I'm the only one at the campsite awake and I'm looking up and I invite them in, I had a fabulous sighting. I think it was last year, and I was there by myself, and everybody was, you know, lights out. Here I am staring up at the sky going, all right, guys, we'd really like to see you. And it was cloudy, and then a big circle formed, and then 16 concentric circles formed around that circle. And it was just like, wow. It wasn't a Kodak moment. A lot of times they'll show up for me when they know my camera's not handy just for me to see which I kind of am disappointed sometimes because I'm like, rats, I would have loved a picture of that. But yes, and it's better to be out of the psychic interference of, you know, uh, society. So it's better in the later hours of the night, you know, they say 3 o'clock is a witching hour. Well, a lot of people are asleep, so there's not as much psychic interference. So that's an interesting time. And, you know, if you don't look, you'll not see So I would say keep looking up if you're looking for a UFO experience, you know, or look in the ocean because they're there too. In the ocean, uh, below below the surface of the water? Oh, yeah. Those are um, S, let me see, UFOs and S. Yeah, they're they're unidentified submerged. submerged, Yeah, (laughs) USOs, I think, or something like that. It was interesting. I was on a cruise with Grace Butler, and we were filming how to film orbs, her method. And I went back to my cabin, and there were light beings coming out of the ocean making sounds, kind of like chirping. And I was like, holy Toledo. So I tried to film it with my cell phone, but it didn't didn't turn out. And I was like, rats, I would have loved to have shared that because I'd never experienced anything like that. As I said, we're talking tonight with Elizabeth Eagle. Uh, she is a spiritual warrior, an author. We're talking about light beings and orbs. Elizabeth, do you get, um, you, you mentioned people will, will you know, send you email or comment on photos and say, oh, you're, you, that's not an orb. That's just a whatever, dust, whatever, lens flare, whatever it happens to be. Do you ever get an opportunity to make converts to illustrate for some of these people that what they're saying is kind of narrow-minded? I don't. I I just kind of ignore them sometimes, mm-hmm. or just al- alternate, you know, possibilities. Like, you know, what if it isn't lens flare? This is how it was taken, and you know, it's like the the, the light beings or UFOs that showed up last night or Saturday night at the Festival of Lights parade. I put those up, and they're like, ah, oh, lens flare, and so I tend to ignore those and comment on the people's comments that are like. 
you know, they're supportive, these are light beings, this is an orb, blah, 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 because the naysayers are going to be there. People have a certain paradigm, and if they don't want to see an orb, everything is dust. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, your first encounter was a basketball-sized, and I'm assuming it was illuminated. I mean, it was illuminating its own light. Um, When you saw that, and I've heard other people have stories like that, that seems to be not necessarily a common sighting, but when people have a dramatic sighting, that's about the size that people seem to encounter. Is there something significant about that? I'm not sure about the size and that being popular size. I've heard, um, you know, recently people are sending me stories about red and blue orbs that are Mm -hmm. like baseball size and that fly around. They can see them without a camera. You know, they're like playful. Um, I rarely see orbs without a camera. I just tend to find them more through the lens, and that's that's my uh, modality. But many other people are seeing them without a camera, with the naked eye, having good experiences, feeling good energy coming from them, and I'm getting lots of positive uh, input. So if these orbs are connected to our spiritual energy in some way, uh, that would help explain why you keep saying they have our back, they're here to help us, they're here to protect us in a way. Um, is that what this, is that kind of the true mission of the other side, if you will? I believe so, because we really need all the help we can get right now. They're concerned about the environment, they're concerned about the powers that be, they want unlimited free energy release, they want truth, uh, light is illumination, which is truth. And so when I say I'm a light worker, I'm also an advocate for the truth and for disclosure. And when you say disclosure, you're talking in the UFO sense? More so for the UFO sense, but this is all kind of interrelated. Uh, The out-of-body experiences, the abductions, the orb encounters, um, it's all connected, I believe. And there's this amazing new research project with all these PhDs that are, you know, putting together uh, thousands of surveys and everything else. And what they're saying is that at least 80% of these experiences are positive and helpful. And it describes healings that are phenomenal. So, you know, these, I, I don't hear much about negative ones in the darn movies and what they're trying to present as these beings um, is totally off the, you know, I don't believe it at all, because I haven't heard that kind of stories. Now, something that, forgives me, forgive me if I ask this and it sounds a little brash, but something that kind of confuses me here about the connection between these light beings and our spirituality is when the UFO discussion comes in, I highly, I have a problem thinking that some of our spirits are out there flying flying saucers or or cigar shaped craft what are the craft how do the craft come into this you know that is a really good question again and i'm not sure um but i have seen orbs coming from ships mm-hmm. um they could be information gatherers i don't think there's only one kind or another kind of orb now there are people that say that this color orb means this and this shape of an orb means that and this and that well, I I don't buy into that because I think they're unlimited. But I do believe the crafts are uh, solid. They have cloaking devices. Um, and I'm not sure that orbs operate those. But I do think orbs have something to do with our planet, terraforming the planet, helping people um, overcome environmental disasters and... Uh, they really care about humanity, and we're on the brink. Like uh, George Carlin says, the planet's going to shake us off like a case of bad fleas <laughs> if we don't straighten up. So if that is their intent, if they're here trying to affect things like, and you mentioned the environment, you mentioned they wanted free universal energy for everybody. They want these things that are good for mankind, I, I, is what I'm hearing. Um, but if they're, if that's their intention, are they just kind of working behind the scenes? Or are we supposed to be uh, aware of, of some type of communication, the message? Are you delivering that message for them? I'm trying to figure out if they're here and they've been here for eternity, why we aren't more aware of their presence other than, you know, through the lens of a camera in many cases. I believe the powers that be don't want us to know that there's more to life than this, that, you know, we need 
oil. We need these governments in power. We need this this paradigm. Well, we don't, and it's not helpful. <laughs> and so I do believe that they're coming through now even more to let us know that we're not alone, to let us know that there is more to this reality and that um, it's all a game and, you know, they're, they're breaking the rules. <laughs> now, when you, say, when you say the powers that be, do you mean earthly powers? Do you mean government powers? Yeah, I mean like the shadow government, the Illuminati, the Bilderbergers, the 13 families that control the world, and one world order potential, and the pandemic, it's all associated, and that's a whole nother broadcast. Yeah, I think (laughs) it's a whole nother broadcast, and we've actually talked about many of those things here. Um, Another question from our chat room, are they always in circle shape? I mean, I know you talked about cigar-shaped craft, but the orbs themselves, are they always circles? Like spheres? Oh, no, 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 no. They come in all different shapes. They'll be rectangular or hexagonal or, you know, no actual kind of shape. They'll just be, like, moving or bouncing around. They move so fast. Um, I've even got some from a friend of mine, Jake Vasquez, that I did a video on. He's got them that look just like a little UFO with a light being inside of it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, how often, I mean, you said you get these uh, basically every night, and you said a security camera. Do you actually leave it that camera running for this purpose? Well, I've had some home intrusions. I was picked on quite a lot. Oh, I think geez, they call okay. it gaslighting. Yeah. Somebody breaks in, takes down pictures, next time comes and puts them back up trying to make you nuts. Yeah. So right. um, I got eight security cameras, <laughs> and they thought they were getting to me, but they really did me a big favor because after that I started catching all sorts of wonderful things and uh, even got a dove-like thing going through my house. That's in the book. Did you me, did so. you solve that problem with people coming trying to mess with you like that? Yeah, eventually it's been solved. The orbs have helped. I, I was going to say, was I, it actually people? Maybe it was something. Maybe it was, but you you know, I mean, was it people? Yeah, it must have been people. They'd like go in my camper and turn on the, <clears throat> pardon me, the refrigerator, so that in the morning it would be going tick tick tick, trying to light the oh, the, the furnace, the the pilot light. Um, they stepped through my attic. Um, just all sorts of things. But since I've got the security cameras, they've backed off. Well, that's good. Um, And because I was going to follow that up with, is there any such thing as maybe a a darker version of these orbs, you know, a more sinister version? You know, we have, we have, uh, you know, regular ghosts, and then we have dark entities and dark energies and negative energies. Is there anything like that when it comes to orbs? I'm not sure about orbs, but this is planet duality. So, yes, there is as much dark as there is light. But for me, I have not experienced the negativity. And sometimes I have felt that I was not safe. And so what I would do would be to visualize, um, I don't know if you've seen Terminator, but, you know, we can put something down, you know, make it, I put, mirrors all around me facing out mm-hmm. in a visualization and the darkness can't doesn't like to see itself so it doesn't come through only the light can come through and then i feel better oh. so sometimes i do have to protect myself i probably shouldn't admit it but i've never seen terminator <laughs> never, <laughs> never seen it. well there's this liquid morphe stuff that he does but oh, okay. or, or you could you know visualize a mirror ball with all the little things facing out. You know, I'm one of I'm one of those people that, you know, there's all these movies that everybody says, oh, everybody's seen that one. I'm like the only person that hasn't seen many of these films, which is kind of funny. Um, I tend to watch old black and white movies. That's all I like. I like the I like the Marx Brothers. I like Humphrey Bogart films. I like uh, Citizen Kane is a great movie. You know, that's the stuff I like to watch. I don't I don't go much for new stuff. It's kind of weird. I don't like the new stuff. It's icky juju. There's sex, drugs, rock and roll within the first 20 minutes. It's yeah. just not entertaining for me. So I have a collection of old VHS tapes. I get 20 of them for a dollar. And so I've got the best movies. <clears throat> and when I was uh, communications coordinator for UFO Institute, I was able to acquire a whole shelf full of vintage UFO movies oh, wow. like Billy Meyer and all these different interviews with the generals and the pilots and everything else. So I hope to use that as some material in the future to be able to like take ex- excerpts under uh, the law of free Free, fair use? Yeah, yeah fair, fair use. use means, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just, I've been fascinated 
about this and involved. And what's so fun is to have meetings with people that are of like minds. Like Saturday, I'm doing a CE5, which is a close encounter of the fifth kind. And we meditate and call them in. And a lot of times they come. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Tell us more about the UFO connection with all this and your experiences specifically. You said you've had many. You, you see them, you experience them. How, how often do you contact or be or are you contacted by UFOs type visitations? Not as often as with the orbs, because the orbs can be almost daily. If I want to go back and talk to them on the yeah, because I was back there this afternoon, or just as it was getting dark, uh, calling them in and they came. But the UFOs are more rare. Um, I've only seen a couple metallic ships. I've seen a lot of the light ones that do all sorts of maneuvers. I've got a documentary up there on my website about a sighting in Penrose, Colorado, and it, the, it, you know, it was orbs that, like, shot up. It looked kind of like a flare, but not. But then this popcorning energy was going around 360, these lights flashing 360 degrees, and that was just fabulous. I'd never experienced that. But I do have more encounters with the orbs than the UFOs. <clears throat> Pardon me. And, and I'm sure that some of the... You, orbs are associated with UFOs, but others aren't. So as far as types of orbs, uh, ones that are like, I don't know, in service to the UFOs are probably different than the ones you see at funerals, but I don't know. I wish I was some kind of an authority. All I am is an explorer. Well, you've got a lot more information than most of us, and it's very helpful. and It helps us understand what we're talking about here. Because, as I mentioned before, you know, a lot of people will just assume anything they catch like that in a, in a, in a picture is going to be an insect or dust. And in many cases, I, I still believe a lot of times they are. It doesn't mean they always are. Um, and I always tell people, look for any type of self-illumination. If there's any kind of self-illumination there, you know that's a darn... Well, sure, not a piece of dust, or it's not an insect, unless it's a lightning bug, which those things seem to be disappearing. I know. It's sad. I love lightning bugs. But in my book, that if people can uh, download a free PDF for a book of my orbs and light beings, in that book it shows um, a shape-shifting light being in my house that goes like, looks like a dove, and then it jumps and morphs into different shapes, then it turns into just a bright light, and then it comes back together, and it looks like a dove apiece, which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier the Space Shuttle Columbia Tether incident and the footage of it. Talk about that a little bit more. There may be people that don't know what that is and why it's important. Okay, well, I was looking to find the book where that's in so that I could tell you the exact Space Shuttle mission. So I have here, let me see. That's the wrong tab. <laughs> Bear with me just a second. While Elizabeth is looking for that, I uh, will remind you that her websites are easy to find. One is elizabeth-eagle.com, and the other is livinglightbeings.com. And her books include Orbs and Light Beings, Living Light Illuminated, and Atlantis Risen, UFOs and Orbs. Yes, so in February of 1996... During the Space Shuttle Columbia mission STS-75, the primary objective of the mission was to carry a tethered satellite into orbit and to deploy it. Um, And NASA wanted to find out if they could generate electricity through this tether. Well, there was a huge energy surge, and this tether that was 12 miles long got separated from the Space Shuttle Columbia. So it's filming this tether, and it goes about 77 miles away, and a swarm of orbs, balls of light, look kind of like a Pac-Man, were all behind this tether. And a man named David Serrata did some uh, calculations based on the length of the tether and the size of the light beings and determined that they were a minimum of two to three miles wide. Oh, wow. So that is uh, scientific proof, and that's included in my documentary, Living Light, the documentary. That little, um, we need to make a shorter video for that one because people have kind of short attention spans, and that one would make a good little short video. <clears throat> Tell us about the documentary. Where can people see the documentary, and what's the focus of it? 
Uh, well, Living Light, the documentary, is a summary of, it, it, and I made it a few years back, um, but it's what are, what are light beings, what are orbs, examples of them, examples in World War I movies, World War II movies. Um, that's available on my YouTube channel or on my Elizabeth Eagle uh, website, Elizabeth-Eagle, and I have uh, three video galleries on that website and six photo galleries. Um, and then my website, you can, I mean my YouTube channel, you can find it. All right, I'm going to ask you a question that, as probably happens more often than I'd like to admit, I don't even know what the what the words that I'm about to say are, <laughs> but, they, <laughs> but they seem important in some of the stuff that you sent me. So I want to ask, what are the 2.8 billion-year-old clerk's drop spheres, and why do you believe they are representations of orbs? Well, they were found in a, I think it was a silver mine, could have been a manganese mine. I'm looking at that right now, too. In the mines of South Africa, uh, approximately 200 megalithic spheres called the Klerksdorf spheres, um, they're from 2.2 to 10 centimeters in diameter, and they were find in this, found in the silver mine, but they've been dated to 2.8 billion years old. Wow. These, are, these are not new. And I have a picture in my book of one of those and a picture of an orb that Grace Butler took, and they're identical. And so, um, and they're also on Mars, and those pictures are in the book. So it's very fascinating, and um, a lot of disinformation is on Wikipedia and different things like this. So if you try that as your source, um, you need to do a little more research because the debunkers are saying they're just uh, limonite concretions, which they could not be because the metal that they're made of is not from Earth, and they're interiors um, have been claimed to have DNA in them. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> so not only not only do I not know what we were talking about before, but I actually mispronounced it. It's Klerksdorf? I think that's how you pronounce it, Klerksdorf. Okay. Um, our time is, is getting pretty short here, but uh, recently in the news, in Utah and I think in Romania, and now I think there's maybe even in Colorado, I'm not sure where this appeared again, but these metal monoliths have shown up um, seemingly out of nowhere. They were just sighted by random people and they've disappeared uh, as well. Do you know or have a theory as to what these things are? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey when the monkeys are all going around it. Oh, that's um, right, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I really don't know what to think about it. Um, some debunkers are saying that they've got rivets and they were man-created and this and that. Um, I don't know. It could be an introduction trying to get people aware of this subject so that the government can put out more information. Gradually, it's coming out. They are putting out more and more, and uh, they've got so much more to put out. Um, I really enjoy Cosmic Disclosure with Corey Good and uh, Bob Wilcock because Corey Good is a whistleblower for the Secret Space Program, and a lot of their information rings true to me. Some of it's kind of far-fetched, but um, it's interesting and uh, you know and entertaining. You've mentioned it a couple times already, but you have told our listeners that you have a PDF version of your book on your website that they can download. Is that uh, available to everyone? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, all you do is go to elizabeth-eagle.com on the homepage, scroll down, enter your email address, and boom, you get it in your email. And you have other work, too. Um, I know that you offer some other services. Tell our folks what else they can find on your website if they're looking to communicate with you or maybe get some services from you based on what you do? Well, you can send me a comment to ask any questions. I do have two books that are translated into Spanish that might be helpful for some of your listeners. Um, I do energy healing. I do um, rune, Viking rune readings, animal medicine card, Indian card readings, angel readings, and lightworker oracle readings. And you just you just book sessions with people and you do them remotely, obviously. Correct. And that's all on the website. Yes. Great. Um, and the books are you, you have a PDF version of of the one book, but uh, if people wanted to buy hard copies of the books, 
Oh, yeah, they, they are welcome to go to my website where they can find them on Amazon. And, um, yeah, they're really easy to find on my website. And uh, you can order right from there. They go through Amazon. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth, do you think we've got any serious movement in the uh, direction of disclosure anytime soon? Do you see any hopeful signs of that? I do. I see, I see more and more coming out and more and more being accepted and people opening their minds to this a little bit at a time. They're, you know, kind of spoon-feeding the public because they've been, you know, after Orson Welles and the big scare thing and, you know, <laughs> and then all the disinformation around Roswell and, and then all the icky alien movies that are just scary as scary can be. Um, but now they're putting out real information, the Navy sightings. Uh, those have become real popular. Um, and other countries are disclosing things, and things from the Freedom of Information Act are coming out. And so more and more it's time, because they can't keep this a secret much longer, because they really are showing up and wanting to be seen and noticed and um, seen for what they are and not what Hollywood projects. Well, I still have to ask, though, um, are are we seeing this disclosure occur because... Uh, the people that control this information are trying to give it to us a little bit at a time so that we can handle it, or are we demanding that it be that it be released? Therefore, they're being forced to deliver it a little bit at a time. That's a really good question too, and I'm not sure that I know the answer to that. All that I know is that there's so much black box projects and trillions of dollars that have disappeared into space programs, into Project Bluebeam, into 5G, none of which is good for us. And so, you know, there is a limit to what they will disclose. They won't let us know we have unlimited free energy, which would change the world instantly, um, because that they can't make a profit off of that. So... Um, I just, I just have hope for the future that that something is going to give, and and that there will be a huge disclosure. You know, um, you know, they showed up over the Capitol in the fifties, and that didn't do enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, these light beings and these orbs, these these beings that that are, are pure energy and, and pure light, uh, have our backs. And I think with that on our side, ultimately we're going to win. <laughs> Whatever the struggle is, we're going to win. Well, I believe we will. An example is you've got a dark room and a light room, and you have a door in between. Now, what happens when you crack the door from the dark room into the light room? Absolutely nothing. But if you just crack that door from the light room into the dark room, the darkness will never be the same, and that's how we're going to win. That's a great way to put it and a great way to end our discussion. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your thoughts, your ideas, your opinions, and your information. It's been very, and not to use a pun here, but illuminating, and we appreciate your time. It was an honor and a privilege. Thank you very much for having me. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.